The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 110 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49 at the Disco. Good evening, y'all. And <laughs> I can't even deal with this thing. In the back. I'm going to be laughing at this the whole time now. And then we also have John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? All right. So uh, we've got a couple of news items, and then we've got a review that I have to read. And then we're going to dive directly into the slate. Uh, we got a full course in front of us this weekend. It's Thanksgiving dinner, essentially, every weekend for the next seven weekends or whatever. Um, before we do that, let's touch on a couple news topics. And we'll, we'll get into more detail on these as we get to the leagues that have them. But uh, we just figured we'd touch on them right off the top here. Uh, it got announced this afternoon that Sven is going to be returning to the Cloud9 starting lineup to replace King. We kind of touched on this a little before we started recording, but uh, this is like a little feel bad for King, right? Like, I don't think he did anything wrong necessarily. The team is just not winning right now. Yeah, I, I think that he's going to get scapegoated pretty hard uh, from this situation, but I don't think it was King's fault at all, really. I think Cloud9 is going to struggle at any time in which Blaver and Perks can't hard carry the rest of the team. And it's not that the rest of the team is terrible, but just, like, there's a lot of talent. Comparatively, there's a lot of talent in the LCS. And if those two aren't running people over, I think the team's going to struggle. And I think really the problem right now is that those teams just aren't, those two just aren't running people over. Yeah, I agree. I think they just, like like you said, and it's not like they've, they've looked terrible either. It's just... Uh, I think in for a little bit of a rough stretch, and that just happens. Yeah, I think it was like I mean, we we kind of uh, John, you made a good point about this. Like it was kind of the culmination of a bunch of different things, right? Where you had like the MSI hangover, completely new weird patch, which we thought that they'd be good on, and they probably should be. But I also think like other teams got better. Other teams now had a ton of film to study on them. They watched good teams dissect this team, right? So I think it's kind of the call, and then you had a uh, you switched a player. That's never that, that's always going to cause some amount of disruption, you know. Even if it's like what we consider the easiest role to fill in, which is AD carry, like it, it still causes some level of disruption, right? So uh, I think it's kind of all these things added up, and they're just in a weird funk right now, and that's it. So um, I, I I do feel bad for for King though, because he's definitely going to get scapegoated for this. Uh, yeah. Jezus is out for. I'm just gonna double check the name again because Lapilli, something like that. Uh, I think that's who it is, right? Lilip. Uh, Lilip played. We've seen him before. Wait, no, we haven't. Yeah, Lilip's kind of a career uh, domestic player in Europe. 
I really know very little about him. He was on SK Prime for once, like one this past split, and before that he was on a whole bunch of uh, like so like I would call it Division Three level, like single A teams essentially. Yeah, this this feels like not uh, we're going to bring up a prospect and give him a shot, and more like what we've got going on right now is a fire, and anything we can do to change it, we'll change it. Does it? It feels more like an emergency substitution to me versus like trying to develop somebody for the future or whatever. I mean, I just don't know enough about it to really comment on it. Like, I, I didn't watch that much SK Prime. Like, maybe a couple games and nothing really stood out to me in particular. Like, I would have to go out and, like, actually look at some of his, like, watch him in some VOD specifically to really have a strong read on this. But, Josh, you have anything from EU Masters on Lilip? No, not really. I mean, I, don't, I think at this point they might as well just try stuff. Uh, you know they're they're not getting the results, and the sad thing is they've been in every game. I mean, oh yeah, dang near. They they've been real close. So maybe it's what puts them over the top. I don't know. Just again, one of those situations where I don't think it's necessarily Jess's fault um, per se. I think they played well in almost every single game, just haven't been able to come through with a victory yet. Yeah, I I, I, mean, we, I think we all agree that they were kind of up against it as a roster too. Like they did we unanimously have them as the weakest roster. It was pretty close, I think. Maybe I said, yeah, I, yeah, I had them kind of neck and neck with the Astralis. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, we'll see. And who knows? Like sometimes moves like this randomly surprise you, and the kid's a beast. I actually hope that's the case because it make the LEC. I, I want as many not meaningless games as possible. Like I want competitive games across the board. So, and SK have been competitive, which I mean, you can't really ask for much more. So, uh, except for wins, but <laughs> it's a different story. And then um, last weekend. Dardot got benched after Friday. It was a real tilter of a loss they had on Friday. They announced about an hour after that game that Dardot was benched, which, you know, read between the lines on this, sounds like there was a bit of a blow-up. We don't actually know, but for all intents and purposes, like, you don't do something like this unless there was a blow-up, right? So, uh, gets benched. They bring in Acadian for Saturday and Sunday didn't really change too much but uh any any comments on this in general the way they went about this i posted about it on twitter but like the way that they went about this was totally like fuck dardock like their their message like straight up just said he's going to be benched which is not usually what you see from like the pr from the lcs it was just like dardock is being benched yeah will be our jungler shout out to loco doco in the chat by the way big big props to loco doco Hopping in the chat. Yeah. Yeah. The, the way that they went about that Dardock thing was, uh, was, was a bit rough. It definitely made me feel like uh, they are not happy with him and that we may not see him back uh, for a little bit in the LCS. Yeah. I will say I was kind of happy to see it. Like, it was better. I, I prefer it to like these teams be like, you know, the initial team look at all far thing. They're like, oh, well, you know, he's not going to play for the time being. And then they had to come out again with a clarifier. There's like, no, he's been benched, which I'm like sick. Like at least, you know, that like, it doesn't say why he's been benched per se, but at least they're just not beating around the bush or anything. We were like just talking about this too. Like what, like what, like what amount of, of bullshit are you willing to put up with? Right. Like that was like, we were like, at what point does professionalism outweigh talent or whatever? Like we, we had a whole conversation about this, what, like two weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, kind of interesting that it came up right away. Um, just in so like for immediate, immediate purposes for evaluating Dignitas, like Acadian 
I don't like, Acadian's not bad at all. He's a serviceable replacement, but like this, he, is, a down, was, this is a downgrade, right? Like this is people keep saying Dardock wasn't their best player. Uh, he's like, their maybe best player. maybe it was like maybe Neo. it was Aframu or Neo, but I don't know. He was I think he gave them some stuff that, that he was he the catalyst. Play. That that that's that that's like one of the most underrated things I think is is sometimes you just need a catalyst player like a go get shit done piece, and mm-hmm. even if it's not like technically correct, a lot of times sometimes you just need someone that's like, no, we're going, let's go, you know. And I don't know what the dynamic was. Clearly, something was going on, or I don't. Maybe this was an isolated incident. I don't know. <laughs> like, have they said anything about this week? I haven't seen anything. Maybe he's just back this week, and we'll. We all look like dumbasses. So, <laughs> um, sorry, uh, <clears throat> Loco is going to come on. I, I want to know if he wants to talk about the King or Dardock situation because he's not a sports better. Talk about the betting, but if he wants to come on and talk about the King situation or the Dardock situation, that is uh, that's that's an interesting spot for me. Yeah, get him, get okay. him in here. Uh, shoot, him, shoot him an invite to this. It'd be cool to talk to Loco. With special yeah. surprise all, all just, <laughs> Yeah. All, all just a lot of changes going on this split. I mean, in terms of rosters, it's kind of wild. I I don't really recall splits having this much turmoil in terms of rosters. I mean, we have situations in, I think, in literally every league um, from some of the top slash competitive teams as well. So it's kind of interesting. Hello. Welcome, up, sir. Welcome to the Podcast. Good? <laughs> what's good? What's good? Lots of things. Good to have you uh, on. Hey, what are your names? Vince. Oh, what's up, Vince? I'm Josh. I'm Josh. Nice to meet you. Hey, Josh. And I'm sure. You and know you know me. I'm John. <laughs> hey, John. What's good? Well, we're wondering if you have yeah. any insight on um, maybe some behind the scenes stuff. I don't know. I don't know how much you are at liberty to say about certain things here, but uh, just any comments on on any of these roster situations. Uh, we were talking specifically about King. Uh, Sven returning for King and mm-hmm. the Dardock benching situation. Um, okay. I guess we'll just start with Dardock. Case, start with Dardock. Just, just in case this gets clipped, um, <laughs> like, I'm not going to talk about anything I've heard. We can talk about, like, things like we know publicly, okay? Yeah, absolutely. So these are just, like, all public information. And I can also talk about, like, past info, but, like, nothing breaking. Yeah. Okay. So the Dardock situation, what's so funny is they got a new jungler. I have, I have no idea who the fuck this kid is. Will, I think is his name, to replace some replace um, Acadian on Academy. So that means they have long-term plans to use Acadian yes. or they would never do this. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely saying something from Dignitas end where they need to be able to field two junglers, excluding Dardock, and they are able to do that now. And the other thing is the thing that John mentioned on Twitter. Um, they were very, like, it, it might seem very innocent in a sense. It's like they didn't talk anything regarding Dardock's behavior, but sometimes you say a lot more by excluding something. Yeah. And that's what that tweet felt like. Because yeah. they definitely could have, I mean, so let's say you have internal problems in a team. You give a bullshit excuse. Like, yeah. you say things like, oh, Acadian has been scrimming with the main team and there's been really good synergy between him and Yusui. Um, is Yusui still mid right now or is it illegal? 
Uh, it's Yasui right now. Right now yeah, so like they can, they could have easily said, "Oh, we really believe in Yasui, and we felt like he had better synergy with Acadian back when they were playing in Academy. So we want to give Acadian a chance." They could have easily said that, and that's like a believable story, right? But they chose not to say that, and they said Dardock is benched and Acadian is starting. Yeah. So Dignitas is saying a lot by not saying a lot. Additional so, subtraction. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that's really interesting way to go about things. The professional diss in a weird way, right? It's, uh... Okay, okay. The question everyone wants to know, Loco, mm-hmm. how close were you guys to ever benching Loco back in the days of the old the old video? <laughs> benching Loco? What do you or mean? To, to, ben- to benching Darduck back in the days of the old... Uh, the I mean, we were, like, we wanted to bench Darduck, and the thing that a lot of people don't understand about Breaking Point is for Breaking Point, it might not seem that way, but TL has a financial um, motivation to make sure Dardoch looks good. Because Dardoch was a hyped player. Dardoch was rookie of the split for yeah. his very first split. And their goal isn't to like shit on Dardoch. Their goal is to actually sell Dardoch at the end of the season. Like this was, we were kind of bootstrapped TL. When people think TL nowadays, they think, um, Golden State Warriors, they think championships, they think million-dollar contracts. But that TL was not that TL. That TL was very much bootstrapped. We were actually one of the least-paying orgs in the um, like split back then. Like Immortals came in and blew up all the salary. TL and C9, they have all their legacy players. Um, they are more known names. They had bigger sponsors at the time, so they could afford to pay a lot better than us. And Stevis... I wouldn't say stingy with salaries, but Steve is more, um, he he wanted to make sure if he's paying for someone, then he's getting his money's worth. So other than Piglet, like he wasn't very gung-ho about paying people. And we had three players at the time that was, that have never played a single academy game at that point, or a single challenger it was called at the time, Lorlo, Dardock, and Matt. So Mm -hmm. our roster was one of the cheapest. So it was very important that we get a good price for Dardock. So like, I mean, a lot of people think they know from what they've seen on Breaking Point, but things were worse than what it looked like on Breaking Point. Oh, really? I, sometimes with those kind of situations, it cannot be that bad, and it's just blown up because everything's cut and edited out of context. And sometimes no, it can no. it can go both ways, right? So it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear that. Here's a question for you from like more behind the scenes, since you've been okay. behind the scenes at the LCS and we haven't. When we, we've had some conversations relating to like toxicity in general recently. Mm-hmm. How toxic is like the average LCS team? Just as far as like, like what levels of toxicity are there? What is crossing the line? Like, if you're the coach for a team, what crosses mm-hmm. the line into like this is a real problem versus just standard, you know, raging or whatever? <laughs> um, I, I, toxic is funny, right? Like, you have to be emotionally invested. Like, but because you are emotionally invested, that's why you lash out, right? Like, if you didn't give a fuck, then. Who cares if you lose? Like, if it's a solo queue game and someone starts trolling, then it's time to alt-tab and watch anime. It's not yeah. time to, like, start <laughs> flaming him. Like, it's not worth your time. So, players have to care and players have to be emotionally invested. And toxic is when it's making this loop of this player does care, but he doesn't have the skill set to really portray how he cares and really get the team better so like someone like Dardock, like i mean Dardock is actually toxic but Dardock cares a lot about winning but there's some this is from years ago and this is somewhat from things i've heard 
Dardoch doesn't have the skills to take that passion and drive for winning and turn it into something productive a lot of times. And the frustration and the lack of discipline can make it come out in more of an emotionally lashing way. Like when you're flaming your teammate, you're doing it because you're frustrated. You're not doing it. And somewhat you're doing it because you feel bad about losing and you want to blame other parts that aren't yourself, right? Like I'm doing great. So like this other part sucks. So that's why we're losing. So um, how, how to now like we have some context to answer the question of like what's toxic is when it's just too constant of like players can lash out and players can be like, oh, this is bullshit. I like I don't like how we're coaching or like I don't like this. Like they can say things that might be deemed toxic, but long as we can handle it and we can manage it in a productive manner, then it's fine. But when it's constant one after another, and there isn't actually progress made from the toxic player to actually funnel that like drive and emotion into something more productive, then it really does become toxic. And it actually, bec- it's talk like the word toxic means like poisonous for the environment, mm-hmm. right? Like poisonous to whatever surrounding. It actually does become poison and it's rotting your team from inside out. So you can use it as fuel, but once it's too much, then it does, it is, yeah, it turns into poison. So yeah. long as it doesn't turn into poison, I think that's fine. Like behavior-wise, it's things like like literally actually yelling at your teammate and calling him names and personally insulting him instead of insulting his play. Like it's a one thing to say like, oh, the way you executed that dive was dog shit. Like you should be doing this. Like you should be shift clicking to make sure um, you don't hit turret. Like you should wait until both melee champions are in range and then dive. Like what are you doing, idiot? Versus like you're so fucking bad. Like, stop fucking playing. Like, get me a new top laner. Like, bring up the player from Academy. Like, that is toxicity versus, like, harsh critique, we'll yeah. say. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I guess I, I kind of had a just a kind of tack-on question to this, which is, like, would they have done a move like this if it wasn't, like, building up over time? Or do you think that this was just, like, an isolated blow-up? Because like, oh, this was pretty sudden, it felt like. I mean, startup teams are funny, right? Like, Dardock teams are like, we will change Dardock. Like, TSM, <laughs> like, oh, like, this is the last chance. If Dardock can't work with us, he cannot work anywhere else. Like, Immortals, like, Nua being doubling down. Like, Dardock is our future. Like, we signed him to a three year contract. Like, there has Echo Fox. Like, um, what is it? We embrace Dardock. Like, Funny you could just name every team in the league in this speech. But <laughs> we we want to let Dardock be, like, who he is. Like, no Dardock team is, like, wishy-washy about Dardoch. Like, every Dardoch team is, like, fully committed to Dardoch. At least at the yeah. first, and, like, that's what they say. And Dignitas, likewise, like, the their CEO, the Mike guy, he's like, like, we're fully invested into Dardoch. We want to build him up as a leader. So they were, like, heavily committed, at least externally, right? And um, I cannot imagine it being just a one-time blow-up considering, like, they were that heavily committed. If they externally are that heavily committed and let's say only a single incident happened then they would probably just try to hush hush it right and try to like get it going so from just looking at things externally i would imagine it has been a slow boiling okay i was just curious um well i guess we'll do one more question on this topic because uh we have a question in the chat from avalanche 2025 he says uh, which pro players have or had the best mental slash mindset i guess Mm. maybe i guess you have to speak from your experience or from what you've heard um and Birg is like a really good example core is a really good example like leadership figures like it, it's they're not just understanding like they have okay so it's players that can 
carry a high standard for themselves and also for others. Like Björg and Core, extremely hardworking, extremely methodical, and very. When Björg and Core give you shit about things you need to fix, they can give you very direct feedback and also serve as a good example of how you should look like when like you are doing your job well. So I think those are like the best mentality players, like people that um, fix their own shit first and perform at a high level, and can also tell other people how to fix their shit. You think, yeah, long, the, you think long-term Bjergsen is going to be a good coach? Because that sounds oh, like yeah. a coach skill set for sure. Like, I'm Bjerg, I, Bjerg already is a great coach from everything I hear internally. So there's some egotistical coaches working in TSM. Like, it's not really like a secret, but it's kind of a secret. Like all coaches have ego. Like yeah. all coaches oh, yeah. like think they're the smartest fucking ever. Like yeah. all coaches feel like, oh, I could have been a fucking engineer. Like if I didn't go into <laughs> coaching, like. Just have insane egos there. They think like, oh my god, these monkey ass players won't listen to me. If all the if my monkeys would listen to me, then we would like be the best team in the league. Like, oh my god, I'm so frustrated. Like, that's pretty much all coaches. Yeah. I mean, myself included. So when you hear things from other coaches about a first like time head coach, like Bjerg has never been a head coach before, yeah. right? And he's just taking on that role. Um, and the coaches underneath him have coached for a lot longer, and they're praising him then that speaks volume, yeah. right? Like, when someone egotistical is able to say, oh, this person is a great coach, like, get, get that's volume to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Um, I guess we'll touch on King, the Ven, Sven King situation. This one felt more to me like it was a... If they just wanted to give King a shot because he's been kind of crushing at Academy for a while, mm-hmm. and it seemed like as good a time as any coming back from MSI. Mm. Yeah, they do have a significant lead over other teams. I mean, that has disappeared a lot, but it's eight teams making playoffs, so it doesn't matter that much, um, even if you like lose a few games. The King one is really weird to me. So for C9, um, the, I would say like the power structures go something like Mithi, Zibben, Perks, Party. Like, they're, the, they're the trio of um, the origin players that are very accomplished internationally and regionally and are very damn good at the game um, and have respect as a coach or as players. So that's like one party of power. And then another party of power in my head is Jack. Jack has been very hands-on since the start of C9, like very hands-on regarding the roster, very hands-on regarding the coaching, very hands-on regarding day-to-day. A lot of owners like try to be hands-on, and to be honest, they're kind of shit at it, where Jack, he comes in and he makes the team better and he raises a standard. So it's... Not a coincidence that C9 does well every gauntlet. That's when Jack kind of drops like all the other bid stuff. He doesn't like completely drop it. Like he always is on his laptop still, but he is with the team and he's like fixing shit. And he's like, no, this kind of shit won't fly. And like that's why C9 gets a lot better because it's like the boss coming in and telling you how to get shit done. And Jack also. And Jack also does his own off-season. He works with GMs and coaches and players, but Jack is actively doing the off-season. And he is the primary decision maker. So that's like two parties in power for me in C9. And unless something like fucking weird happened at MSI, I cannot imagine that Zben Mithi Perks party suddenly wanting to bench Zben. Yeah. Like that is so weird to me, right? Like that party doesn't want to. And then Jack also wanting to bench Zben is like weird to me too. So like why? Like King has that much potential. Um, I don't watch Academy. I barely watch LCS, but King 
has shown like that much potential in academy i honestly don't know i don't watch the games but maybe who knows so even then you're benching then and it definitely did not make the perts mythy party perts mythy then the eu crews very happy i'd imagine so i think without internal info like it's really hard to like figure out what's going on in c9 with dignitas it was actually really easy when you look at all the external info and like you can piece things together but c9 when just looking at the external info i think it's really hard to say like oh it's then got benched for x y and z reasons okay josh john you got any questions on uh on this ven king situation like did i kind of i kind of got a vibe that this was like you would see this with like sk telecom once in a while where like they would just start whatever prospects they have this whole stable of nutso prospects over there right and they mm-hmm. just once in a while will it, it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason for it they will just once in a while give someone a shot for a couple series or something so i thought maybe there was something like that going on here mm-hmm. uh, especially because cloud nine have a history of like they they're willing to try out their academy players they have a lot of talent right so i thought maybe it was something like that but you know the more i'm thinking about it does kind of it is kind of weird when you put it, yeah, like, I mean, when you have that two-party situation, it's kind of interesting. With the timings, like, it makes sense, too. Like, like Loco said, they were so far ahead of everyone, and then now that they went 0-3 last week and they're not so far ahead of everyone anymore, now they bring back Sven. I guess it just makes sense that they might just be trying the guy out, you know, give him some stage time, you know, see what's going on with him, see if they can get a price for him, or even maybe if they have some sort of information about something else happening, maybe they're looking to see if they can get a price for Sven at some point. Yeah. You know, who, who, I guess some of that makes makes sense, given that information. Um, to- Good, Yasin. Oh, I was gonna say like C9 is very good about their finances in terms of like running an esport team, um, like selling tens. That's one thing. Um, and also it's pretty public, but a lot of C9 employees got laid off too. So I think they were cutting trim. Like C9 is, cause Jack is so central to everything. Like he can do things like okay, we need to stretch the budget. We need to get additional funding from investors to make this perks thing happen. I remember like a long, long time ago on TSM when there were problems with Bjerg, um, like this is way back, like 2014. Um, it was up for consideration and Andy was asking, what is it? Would you be able to talk to Faker? I was like, sure, maybe like I know Goma personally, so we could actually, we could ask. And he said, Okay, so in this 1% world, I'll talk to the investors, I'll talk to my sponsors, and I'll pitch them this, and I'll make it happen. And Jack is still very much central to C9, so I'd imagine when, like, the Perk situation, where Perk was up for grabs, he was able to pull those strings, he was able to talk to investors and be like, this guy will make our team this much better. He will bring us trophies again, and we will cement ourselves as, like, a championship-level team for years to come by having him and like cementing or having him on a contract for three years, like the, what the whole deal was like 11 million publicly. So to make something like that happen, you can't pull out 11 million from thin air. So you have to like move things around. And that's kind of what like C9 is really, really good at. Like they're able to like jump on opportunities um, in a way like other teams can't because like you can ask pretty much every GM, like, would you want your mid laner to be perks? Like pretty much, every GM behind doors are going to tell you, yes, I'm, we'll get rid of my mid laner today and get perks. But to make that happen, you need buy-in from ownership, you need buy-in from sponsors, and you need to pull the trigger in kind of like borrowing money from the future, right? And 
not a lot of teams can do that and not a lot of GMs have that power to do that. And where Jack is effectively the GM and effectively the owner, like he can do things for Cloud9 um, that other teams can't just due to how things are structured, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess uh, we'll we'll get back in a second here to just, you know, doing what we normally do, but I have one more thing to ask you, Loco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the insight? You got some insight in the Alfari situation? What's the insight? Is this, <laughs> is this a slow boil? Is this a one-time <laughs> blow-up? What are, what, are, what are you... You got any insight there that's not, uh, that's not, you know, that's okay to say publicly? I mean, publicly, I think Doran actually gave a lot of insight regarding the Alfari situation. I'm not sure if you watched this video. Uh, I watched a little bit of that video. I have a really hard time listening to Thorin these days, if I'm honest with you, so I, I didn't get that far into it. Okay. Well, Thorin um, almost never has bad info and is, like, I mean, yeah, Doran just has really good info. Yeah. He um, is also willing to publicly speak about it, which a lot of people with info aren't, right? Like, if you work for a team, like, you can't really talk about this kind of shit yeah. publicly, right? Yeah, for sure. And if you don't work for a team, then you don't have this kind of info where Dorian uniquely does not work for a team and does have this kind of info. So I think like anything he says has a lot of value, even if like, even if you don't like him, like what can you really say about his work? Like his work is solid. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we all have, I think all of us have huge amount of respect for his actual work as far as the, the stuff that he's putting out just uh, personality wise has gotten grading for me. Mm. I that aside, I think from Dorian's video, you can tell like a lot of shit's going on internally and Mm, how to put this what if i mean you're an owner yourself maybe not owner of an lcs team but ultimately when you own a company the thing you want to do eventually is step back you don't want to deal with the day-to-day every single fucking day like steve has been running an elf uh esport team for a long fucking time like nine or ten years now right something yeah ultimately i'd imagine steve andy Jack, what they want to do is walk away. Not walk away as in like sell the team, but have someone they can trust enough to run their team for them so they have time. Like time is the most valuable thing. And like when you're an Andy, Jack, Steve level of rich, like that's what you want, right? I mean, maybe they will be passionate about League of Legends forever. Maybe they'll be like a Jerry Jones figure where they really truly like care about the team and the sport so much that they're always involved. But I think like being a Jerry Jones type of owner is really, really rare. And a lot of owners want to just step back, like show up for like the playoff games and let someone else really handle the day-to-day thing. And for Steve, getting Jack definitely wasn't cheap, right? Jack is um, like incredibly well-regarded in terms of League of Legends, like knowledge, like his um, worth as a caster was probably at the highest. Um, He's like... This was when, like, Papa's gone, Monty's gone. Like, he was one of the best casters and, like, the most well-known casters, right? So getting him definitely wouldn't have been cheap. And when you hire someone like Jad, you don't want to overstep him. You don't want to just constantly micromanage him. You want to let him be and, like, let him do his job. And from Dorian's video, you can know that Jad and Alfari and maybe even other players had, like, an internal um, strife going on. And Steve, where it might sound weird to like a general viewer, but for Steve, 
it's better if chat side works out long term more so than the Alfari side. Like in the short term, definitely Alfari has more value than Jad. Like Alfari was the best top laner by far. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we can talk about the Fudge Alfari finals, but Alfari, like in a vacuum, was the best top laner. So, like it seems crazy to pick the MVP or not pick the MVP level player and go with the coaching staff, but. I would imagine, like, in Steve's ideal world, like, this Alfari situation works out. But if it doesn't work out, like, more ideally, like, he just has Jat, like, leading the team and, like, Jat being a head coach that's respected. And that's on his team for years and years and years and years to come. It's a long-term so, investment. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really answer your question regarding, like, Alfari <laughs> and Jat stuff. Um, and I really don't know how to answer the question without, like, talking about things I heard internally. But those are just some things to think about, right? Um, what does Steve want? Like, he's the ultimate decision maker. Like, how valuable is Jat to TL? How valuable is Alfari? And also, this um, summer is really interesting for me. I think there's four teams um, that are heavily invested and that are convinced that they're going to make Worlds. Um, they are TL, C9, TSM, and 100 Thieves. And one of the teams will not make worlds. Yeah. And it's kind of a shit show right now. Like 100 Thief actually got a lot of their shit together and they are doing really well and they're kind of like um getting ahead of the pack, which is funny cuz they were the fourth place team, right? Yeah. They weren't. And then now the all the top 3 teams are kind of other than TSM are like dealing with some shit on um, TSM and C9 where or not TSM TL and C9 where they were the top 2 team. So, I think that's also something to keep in mind like what it, it's not as clear cut as before of like we are TSM, we are TL, we are C9. Three of us will make worlds. It doesn't matter if you're struggling with shit right now. Like there is like some fire behind you now of like these teams um actually like getting their shit together and there's four viable teams to make worlds and if you don't get your shit together you might be that fourth team that doesn't make it. Yeah. That's good. A bit more competition. It hardens everybody. Like it, it, not being able to coast into it I think is so it's it's it makes it better for everyone involved, like especially from a viewing experience too. I'll put it that way. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Josh, John, any questions? No, man. Yeah. I appreciate you. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, no, no questions. I just, it's interesting. He forgot to mention CLG since you know they're the best team in the league right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> six um, o, the six o dream. Here we go. <laughs> damn, Josh, you're really high on hopium. Yeah. <laughs> that is accurate. Was that um, not the weirdest weekend? By the way, can we just talk about like going into last weekend? It was like you heard all this stuff, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing out. Like just heard a lot of things, mm-hmm. and they come in and just three zero. Mm. It's like I mean, sometimes you can get like sometimes like back against the wall kind of thing can happen, and people are just like, "Yo, listen, can we cut the bullshit and just play?" And sometimes mm-hmm. teams can just flip a switch and do that. Not everybody. Do you think can, it had but... anything to do with? Uh, and me and Loco talked about this like a month ago or something. But did you think it had anything to do with? It felt like CLG played. Easy to execute compositions with hard no CC. No way. <laughs> like, I feel like oh. they were just like, you know what? You know, we're having a problem pulling this shit off. Let's just make sure their best player can't move. And then it's pretty easy to win. They team played Vi, didn't they? Was it Friday they mm. played Vi? It was like, oh. all right. So n- nobody wants to ride the tricycle. Like, nobody wants to, like, ride the bike with training wheels. Like, everyone feels like they don't need training wheels. And long term, if you ride your bike with training wheels, you will never get that yep. good at riding your bike, right? And... Like, those kind of champions are very training wheels. And, like, um, players don't like playing those champions. And also, like, theoretically, um, those champions are not priority champions. Those champions, when they fall behind, like, can be harder. 
like what do you like we have so much cc but we lose like uh, front to back like there's just a lot of like problems that comes with playing those but those are like easier to execute and and there is something to be said about degree of execution like mattering a lot right mm -hmm. so yeah clg1 um maybe they'll win more maybe and like for teams that are struggling i think it is a great like foundation to base on and like build on but like eventually you need to take off the training wheels yeah i agree with that um sweet i think well, I, I don't know if yeah, you want to hang around for the rest look or no no, no i'm good i i i, def I, had, I don't watch um lcs as much so i can't give as much insight but it was fun coming on for a bit and like just shooting the shit and talking yeah. Uh, like yeah talking about shit going on yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, appreciate you coming on, Loki. This is kind of spur of the spur of the moment here. We'll have to have you on another time. This is good. This is a good time. Maybe, maybe. All right. Uh, I'm going to head out, and good luck with your All show, right, cool. guys. Thanks for right, joining thanks. us, Loco. Ladies and gentlemen, Loco Doug. That was cool. Nice little nice little uh, guest surprise, surprise guest, Loco Doko. That was cool. Um, yeah, a lot of cool insight there. A lot of uh, Getting someone that has insight from behind the scenes like that is is it's enlightening in a lot of ways, right? So yeah, we'll have to have him back on. That was sweet. Uh, All right, we got we got to we got to make a run now. Oh, we got we might have to we we put have to go two parters. Should we do Should we do Friday today and do Saturday and Sunday tomorrow or something like can, that? Honestly, I think we can just jet through it. We just power through this. Okay, I believe I have faith. I have faith. All right, Friday, Friday. <laughs> Timestamp this. What do we got? <laughs> All right, we'll put thirty-seven. All right. Friday morning, LCK, we got DRX plus 145 against KT Rolster minus 196. KT to sweep is at plus 163. Uh, I wrote on this one already, and um, I'm just going to tell you straight up, I'm, I'm just on KT Rolster. It seems weird as hell to be laying chalk with this team, but I got to be honest, I, what DRX are doing right now is just dated. Like, I actually think DRX might be the worst team in the LCK right now. I totally back you on this, actually. I know you, you say it sounds weird, and I agree, but, uh, yeah, I, I fully back you on this. I think DRX is maybe the worst, if not the worst, team in the league so far this split. Yeah. I think KT has looked a lot sharper this split. I think minus 200 is actually a pretty good price to be getting on KT against DRX. And just to draw on the point that Loco was just saying, like, DRX, like, it's not literally simplicity in terms of, like, like Vi, like the actual execution, but... I was saying DRX kind of had this training wheel concept going on that they were just playing scaling and waiting for teams to screw up. They were not doing a lot of proactive things on the map last season, and they just happened to catch the softballs that were thrown to them a lot, right? Um, they were better than we thought they were going to be. I think everybody knew that they were not that good, and I think we're kind of seeing a combination of not being able to do that in this current season, on this current patch, and... Just form in general, I think they just haven't looked as sharp. Like they were at least pretty clean last season, right? Um, and the, yeah, and we're giving props to KT here too. KT just looked good. Josh, think we're crazy laying two hundred on KT Rolster here? No, uh, I was going to say that feels like the side. This next match is even more painful. But yeah, I think I think you guys are spot on. I think KT is not. I mean, if this is their line against DRX, I don't think they're being fully respected yet for how good they've shown. Yeah. Do we need to get Piosic and Chovy on the same team? Whew. Maybe. I feel bad because Solka was actually really, really good last season, but I just think it's like it's a it's it's a it's a philosophy thing, right? Like you just can't you need to be more proactive now. Especially now. Like the you can't it's so hard to sit back and wait for teams to screw up when like there's a Collies and Gwens in the world, right? Because like if you just sit there and you're not punishing that, they're gonna beat you later. 
So, Damwon, minus 500 against Hamwa Life, plus 318. We'll say Hamwa to take a game is at minus 105. Just so many I layers wanna, to this. I want to bet the Damwon minus one and a half with how terrible HLE has looked. But then Damwon's doing their own thing right now, too. I just feel like I can't get my, my money involved in this matchup, really. Um, so I'll tell you how I approach this, and this is a little bit of a leap of faith, but I'll just explain my thought process behind it. You know how sometimes we'll take, like, these big underdogs? Victory 5 this morning, right? Like, you know, plus 6, like, it was like 650 per map, right? You take those because the number's huge, and it's whatever, and it's, hold your nose, and it is what it is. You're just playing the numbers, right? You're not actually expecting them to win. You just expect them to win more often than the number implies, right? Every once in a while, the favorites will sub someone out because they're against a bad team, and that's just icing on the cake, right? This is kind of, I'm treating this sort of like the inverse of that. I think there's a non-zero chance that Damwon actually just run back the regular lineup Friday. I've been waiting for that to happen. I've been Me saying Discord, like I really feel like we're going to see Ghost again pretty soon here. I just don't know when. Yeah, like me too. So it's a little bit of a leap of faith, but here's the thing. I actually think that that yeah, they lost this morning, but like Brion's looked a lot better this season too. We'll get to them in a little bit. Uh the sub version of this still smashed Afrika and Afrika have been doing pretty well this weekend. So like I, I not for this weekend this season. Like I legitimately think just damn one minus one and a half is the way to go. As weird as it feels, and you just have the icing on top that if they run the regular lineup, I think they just win this anyway. Hamwell life have looked bad. Yeah, very bad. Like I, I have faith that they'll get it. Replaces barrel. I have faith that they can get it together at some point and just not be terrible. Like the they have some they have some good players on this team. They shouldn't be this bad. They just look they just look like they're not playing well as a team right now. We said it before the podcast, but you can feel Chovy's tilt yeah. through the screen. You can feel that he's not happy at all. Is he regretting taking that fat paycheck? I don't know. I don't know. Speculation. Josh, what do you think? These are your boys. Uh, yeah. So, like, this is the unfortunate spot where I just can't stop. I have to continue betting HLE and losing money until they win one. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, like, because the one time I don't, then they're going to fuck, they're going to finally win, yeah. and then I'm just going to be tilted. And then I'll just tilt bet them the rest of the year so like i just had to trust lines, my process uh, yeah i had to literally i just <laughs> have to i just have to like i it feels it feels really bad but i just have to like continue putting money on them until you have to happens. hedge against your you have to hedge against your happiness sometimes yeah <laughs> like, it, it sucks or, it's a little, happiness or whatever you know we've I, i've taken this approach before with with ig with africa and it almost never works out but listen the thing is it's about my mental my wallet is secondary in this. It's about my <laughs> mental. And if I miss the one game where HLE is plus 318 and pull off the win after just You're giga underperforming, yourself. I'm just going to be so mad. So even though I agree, in, I'm in lockstep with all the guys you said, I can just find the ways. Like Here's the, here's the only thing I will say. HLE right now is a two-man team or like one-and-a-half-man team of, of Chobi and Jeff. <laughs> well, I think Deft has played pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, hypothetically, if they're playing the substitute bot lane again, then, like, maybe, right? Like, maybe Deft can find a way. He hasn't done it yet, so it's not very, very, uh, very hopium. Like, it, it's it's not very likely, but I don't know. But, like, to to be fair, like, if this was, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we saw Hanwell plus 318, I don't think anyone's not firing it. So, yeah. I just have to continue doing it and hating myself for it. <laughs> All right. Um, 
to the LPL on Friday, we've got Victory 5 plus 134 <laughs> against Thunder Talk Gaming minus 179. We'll say Thunder Talk the sweeps at plus 166. Uh, Thunder Talk got a game off of JDG, was it yesterday? Who'd they play yesterday? Was it yeah, they, oh no, it was Victory 5 that got a game off JDG. Uh, Victory 5 got a game off JDG, but TT took a game off somebody too, right? Uh, who was it? Yeah, yeah, they took a game off LNG. And, uh, no, they took a game off LNG, and then that third game was just an absolute bonanza. They probably should have won that one, too, the 53-minute clown fiesta. With it. Yeah, Look that, at the goal grab for that dude. game. It's like a roller coaster, dude. Um, I kind of... Uh, I don't know. Victory 5 showed some signs of life, which they needed, but I... The thing with Victory 5, I'll say this for like just as a general rule for people... The, the Victory 5 win yesterday is the kind of win that I give almost no credence to. Agreed. When you look back at the series and you just go Victory 5, wow, they took a game off JDG, like made it a close series, but they got absolutely shit-stomped in the second and third game. Yeah. Like, was not close. And the, the game that they won, we can make some arguments there, too. I don't like the fucking Jace. I don't want to see it anymore, JDG. I don't want to see it, not in this metagame, not ever. But, like, th- there were some things about the first game, and even though they won, when you then come back and get absolutely destroyed in game two and three... It shows me like you probably weren't actually competitive. You probably just got ahead at the beginning of the game, and yeah. you're at least good enough that you could keep your huge lead that you got at the beginning. Uh, I, I think they're probably the worst team in the league. I think I might bet uh, TT here uh, minus one seventy nine. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to bet TT. Um, I still stand by Rogue Warriors being the worst, but I, I think Victory Five are right there with them for the most part. Um, I, there's just not a whole lot to point to. Like <laughs> this is what's what, what's going to happen. You completely swapped your roster you got rid of i actually think victory five had a couple de- like a handful of decent players like good like pretty good players like lpl caliber players like league average at their position which is saying something because you have it's a you know there's a lot going on here it just wasn't there was there was a to me there was a very clear disconnect between what the players are good at and what the coaching staff wanted last season i don't know if you guys saw the same thing with victory five but like we saw it all last year. We know what this team is. They are a snowball team. That's what they want to do. And their coaching staff last season, at some point, were just like, no, we're not doing this. We're going to play. We're going to learn how to do the scaling thing. And I gave some time. I was like, okay, like maybe if they can learn how to do this, they'll become more well-rounded and be pretty good, right? And it just never was going to work, and they never went back to it. Like, they never go – it drives me crazy when teams don't go back to what they're good at if you can't develop that other part. And then to just completely blow it up after the all season, like we all saw this coming. This was going to be a dumpster fire. So I think don't get cute with this. I actually, it feels dumb. Again, like TT, don't look at the record. TT have actually played some pretty decent games against decent competition, even if they're not getting wins. I don't think they're a particularly great team either. But I, I think I think Victory Five are pretty bad. So I think I think this is a good spot. It's weird to be on. I agree, and I think I might go with the minus one point five for a half unit as well. Yeah, same, same. Uh, LGD plus two sixty three against top esports minus three eighty five. We'll say top to sweep is at minus one hundred eight. So we talked about this a little bit before, but this is definitely a meta where pretty much anybody can beat anybody. There's mm-hmm. enough snowbally champions in the meta. There's enough ways that you can get yourself ahead, and it's hard to lose those leads with some of these champions and some of these compositions. Uh, so this is a matchup where I definitely could see LGD winning. Like top esports is the better team. I could see LGD winning. Something tells me that for Friday night, 
rather than betting LGD, if you have any sort of faith in them, I think I'd rather just play them in DFS. This feels like a really good spot to play them in DFS. Scoring against top esports is fantastic if they win. And I think you're going to get paid more than two and a half to one if you're right about LGD winning and you play LGD lineups in DFS. So I think I would rather go that way. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the few favorites that I actually like this week, and I, I'm actually willing to lay. I, I have not laid the minus one and a half with a lot of teams, especially in the LPL, and especially in a lot of favorites. But I'm doing it on this one. I'm not buying LGD. Like, I think they're better than last season. I still don't think this team's particularly good. Like, I think they're better than the bottom of the table, but we've seen time and time again, like, maybe maybe it's a little hopium, I don't know, in that I think, I think top esports are going to get back in form. But I don't think Tops looked that bad. They just have the most tragic losses. <laughs> How bad was that loss on the base race the other day? Oh, my God. Oh, man. It's got to feel so bad. But, like, I don't know. I, I think Topper's just going to smash this and, you know, call, call it a little uh, little little qualitative analysis here. <laughs> I definitely won't end up betting it just because, like I said, I mean, if I if I feel like that playing makes sense. LGD, I'll just do it in DFS. Makes a whole lot of sense. Um. Josh, any thoughts on this one? Um, get 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 night a get a damn carry. Put him that on Lulu Kali. mid game was indefensible. Get him on a collie, dude. Indefensible, and I think Lulu's turbo broken. It is indefensible. It, it kind of is, isn't it? Like, I mean, we've had this problem with some other teams, but like, just as like a small side note, is like, can even if they're in meta, can you really play the Karma mid or the Lulu mid when you have? Knight on your team, when you have Chovy on your team, when you have these guys, can you really do it? I mean, I understand that, like, top, yeah, I think, sure I think top play 10. They, they can play they have sure, other good players. That's, it's, it's a really painful quandary. Like, it definitely, I feel like even if it's the best thing you can do in the meta, it's still going to hurt your chances to win versus if you just put them on Akali or whatever, even if it's not as good of a composition. It's the, it's the old age old debate of, of, uh, what works for you being better than what's optimal. And sometimes if you're not playing optimal league, then you should just do what's best for you. And it's about finding that weird balance. Uh, yeah, this is a little bit, and I'll admit this is a little bit of a gut handicap, but I think Topper just going to obliterate LGD on Friday. So we'll see. Uh, Friday in the LEC, we've got a interesting slate of games. We've got Misfits minus 222 against Excel plus 161. Fucking Excel, man. That's, that's all I got to say about these. I, I'm about as bullish Excel. as anyone on Misfits, but I'm a little skeptical to lay this one. I'm probably going to pass this. Yeah, it's a pass for me. I think. Josh. Josh is is, is lurking. Uh, I'm so sick. I'm so sick of these teams. I'm just sick. This region makes me sick. Misfits is like four. <laughs> Misfits is like four and one on the season, and I just. I, you know, maybe have you ever got you guys ever just wondered if you're bad at this now? Yeah. You know, I just, <laughs> just whenever I watch Misfits play, I'm just like, maybe I'm just bad at this now. You know, maybe I'm the problem here because I don't understand how this team is, is playing so well. And Excel, like, is at least they're like, they're just going to beat Mad Lions and then whatever, man. Like, just whatever. Just get, get me away from this game. Europe, Keep me Europe away. Is, Europe's, so, a, Europe's a weird boy. <laughs> you guys, I mean, I, I feel you on Europe, but the fucking LCS, dude. The yeah, LCS we, is just like, you, you load up a cash game lineup for the LCS, and you're lucky to get one winner in your lineup. Like, you're just, you're begging to have one player dude, on your team win in your cash lineup of two minus 600 teams. Dude, going like, into last, one time. Going into Saturday, favorites were literally like 22 and 18 straight up like it was just like oh, so, just oh, it was, oh, nuts, dude. Dude. i can't tell you how many times i've rostered cloud nine 
fucking Team Liquid against two bottom two teams in the league and just lost both times. Like, oh, fantastic. Just another fucking Golden Guardians win. Why not? Well, who's Pupperdog are like in this one, Josh? Dude, he, he's also sick. He can't even look at the screen look right now. He's like, <laughs> he's like, get this out of here. Get this out of here. Mad Lions minus 588 against SK plus 361. Just hold your nose and take the SK kill spread. Yeah, I yep. can see SK. Kill like, spread. I, it's not pretty. Just take the, take the SK kill spread and let it be what it is. Like that's maybe you do a quarter unit on the money line. Maybe the new support gives them a boost or something. I don't know. Man, I'm probably gonna pass, but I can see that. Mad just beat themselves, man. Like they're like better EG. They're like the best version of EG. They they just they they can look so good. It it's actually infuriating to me because this team is good. Like, they're legitimately good, and they just are so stupid sometimes that it drives me up a wall. Um, Yeah, SK kill spread. Anything that's like 7.5 or better, I think you're in business. Rogue minus 294, Shalka plus 210. Are Shalka good enough here? I kind of don't want to lay this with Rogue, but... Shalka, I mean, they changed a thing or two, but Shalka almost feels like a reverse Misfits to me, where, like, Misfits, I felt like... They didn't make any changes. They weren't that good last split. I think they're going to be worse this split. Was like coming into the season was my thought. With Schalke, I was like, I think they might have made some positive changes here, and they've just looked terrible to me. Like I think Schalke has not looked impressive for me. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to fade this match as well. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to pass. If I do anything, it'd be like Schalke, but I'm I'm probably just passing this. Josh, thoughts? Same. Yeah. I don't think I can take it. Astralis plus 229. Fnatic minus 323. Fnatic feels like the right team to take somebody at plus 200 and something against. Like, plus two if you're going to take... I, uh, so, I kind of think they're not the same team anymore. Like, I feel you. And I'm, I'm definitely not laying the chalk with Fnatic here. But, I'm like, last season I would have been, like, absolute slam dunk just... Better Astralis, the Fnatic will beat themselves some percentage of the time, but I think the, the way this team's structured now and the way they're playing, I think it's a lot different. Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's still Astralis or pass. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm a lot less eager to jump on Astralis than I would have been last season. I think structurally, like this team's doing a lot of things that aren't going to just like lose them the game on the spot, like the Fnatic team last season was doing. So, I just I think the Fnatic team. I don't see them making as many like complete blunder like blow ups like you're talking about, yeah. but I do think they still skirmish a lot. Yeah, which can and, which can and just in cause... skirmishing a lot, you can give up a game if you if you lose a skirmish or two early in the game, it's pretty easy for the other team to take it over. I also think Astralis are playing well enough right now. Maybe not long term. We, we we might not be saying that four like four or five weeks from now, but like right now, I think Astralis are playing well enough that you know if if someone throws them an easy one, they're going to knock it out of the park. You know, so. Um, G2. Oh, Josh. G2 minus 222 against Vitality plus 164. This is G2, isn't it? <laughs> Next question. Oof. Right in the soul. Got there. Really, though, like, is this... Am I crazy? Like, Vitality has spiky performance, here's, but... Here's what I'll say. If, and this is apparently a big if... If Selfmade ever decides to remember that he's good at the game of League of Legends, Vitality will be a good team. But right now, he has been getting absolutely destroyed 
in almost every single game. And it's been just bad. Like, cause you, I feel like you can kind of tell he just doesn't like play as aggressive when he like gets behind early and things. And like in this meta, it's just tough once you get behind it all in the jungle. And, like he's just had a couple early plays that he went for and just didn't turn out. And it's like, Oh, game's over. Cause like, I don't know, you can just kind of tell he just stops being involved in things and um, just makes a couple boneheaded mistakes afterwards and stuff. And, like, especially in that Fnatic game, you could just really tell, like, after Whippo, I think, I don't, I don't remember if he bowled him out of the jungle earlier or what it was, but then, like, he just came down bot and made her, like, he tried to pull off a 3v, like, 3 versus 1.5 because I think Crownshot was, like, under tower with a big wave. And it was, like, and he was on a ward, and it was, like, man, like, it just felt really forced. So it, it almost feels like he's kind of playing a little bit tilted and maybe that was chip on his shoulder specifically that game. But um, they did look good against SK, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think they warrant this line right now. Props to Whippo, by the way, because he like just hard carried that game. <laughs> he just went ballistic in that one. Like I, yeah, uh, I'm probably going to lay G2. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to bet it or not, but I, I can see the G2 side. Yeah. I, can, I can see that as a possibility. Uh, Friday LCS, we've got Liquid minus 204 right. against oh, Evil right. Geniuses. God, God. Oh, no, no, never mind. Sorry, I thought we were going on to Saturday. Go ahead. No. Uh, Liquid minus 204 against EG plus 150. God damn this team. This is, is it just this is the EG is just spot. The EG? Just bet, literally just bet the EG narrative. Bet them as underdogs, fade them as favorites, period. The LCS feels like I feel like there's been an overall drop in quality in the LCS. Like I think I think Team Liquid, TSM, Cloud9 are all worse than they were last split, which is yeah. combining them with like is dropping them into the same area as those teams that are in the middle of the table and they're still above those teams, but I feel like the gap is so, the gap is closed between those 3 and the rest of the let's, the teams. Let's do a quick snapshot of the L- LCS. Let's do stock up, stock down, right? And this is relative to that team. I'll say stock up. Relative to their spring selves? Relative to their spring selves. Stock up, slightly, Golden Guardians. Very slightly. Still not good. Probably the worst team in the league still. Maybe maybe FlyQuest is worse. I don't know. Maybe Dig right now. Dig are terrible right now. Um, Immortals? Immortals, I think, is the biggest stock up. I I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. And, like, look... I, again, I'm not saying Immortals are going to win the split, but this was part of my thesis on them was, like, they kept it together. They had a lot of good things going together. They just had they had trouble sometimes pulling the whole piece together. They, they were doing a lot of things well in spring. And for all for everything we've heard, they're, they're, they're vibing. They get along really well. Um, I don't know if you saw that article. I think it was on Upstart. Uh, and we've seen how the power of friendship is, is, is doing well in summer, right? They're, to me, the biggest stock up. 100 Thieves is the other one, right? Those yeah. are the only stock ups to me. I agree. Dignitas, big stock down. Um, CLG's kind of like, I don't know yet. <laughs> like, Yeah, they're like stock way down, stock way up. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't, really I don't know. know. Um, and then I think Cloud9, Liquid, and I'm, I won't say T. I think TSM have kind of stayed steady. Like, maybe slight stock up, just because they're playing well right now, I think. But... Uh, Liquid and Cloud9 are stocked down. Maybe... I think Liquid may be less stocked down, but 100, 100 Thieves look like the best team in the league right now. 
Like, I don't... I would agree with that. Like, going into last week, I was like, okay, like, I'm assuming we'll get some bump back from Liquid and Cloud9, and they'll get it together, but, like, that hasn't happened yet. And Even CSM, like, they won that weird game where they won oh, with, yeah, like, five yeah. kills, where they were, like, split-pushing every lane and just losing every fight, and yeah. just threatening that split-push was going to work, like... Yeah, 100 Thieves is the best, is, right now, is the best team in the league. I think by the end of the season, there's a reasonable chance that it's just going to be, like, those four, and then, like, Immortals is, like, the fifth team, and then everyone else is just who the hell knows, right? I still think CLG is going to end up, like, fifth. It could I think they're I think they're going to be good from here. Um, like to Immortals is the only team I have like any faith in of the rest of the league. Josh, you thought you were about to cry at all times. Going <laughs> these haters, man! Like these, these, everyone's such a hater. Like there's just no shot. Oh my god! There's no shot, dude. There's just no shot. Chris has joined us on the show. Um, Chris, what's your like pecking order for the LCS? So I'm mainly here to listen. I'm dead tired. But LCS, um, I got to pump up the 100 Thieves. I got to talk to the boys last night. They'll be on the pod soon. And we just know that, you know, we've seen so many different looks. And even with the upcoming patch changes, it doesn't seem to be going to affect them as much, I don't think. Um, so I like the 100 Thieves really, really up. Uh, C9, I think they'll make a bounce back. But we are being cautious about them. Yeah. Um, we are going to still be cautious because things can't be like happy in paradise, right? Even the situation of when they brought back Sven is when the team was losing and they have no choice. Uh, I still believe in Team Liquid. I think they're going to be solid, but um, much lower expectation for them compared to beginning of the year. And then it's a really a um, it's hard to know what to expect from Evil Geniuses. The peak they can be just beat anyone. I think we forgot about, beat we forgot about EG. EG are the wild card. <laughs> Yeah, they're the absolute wild card. Where I thought CLG was that, but yeah. uh, EG will be. Yeah, in their peak form, I think they can match Hundred Thieves and even beat them if they play peak form. But then you have those Jizuke games in <laughs> center on Jizuke games. Um, they at least CLG I will give the, I will give Evil Geniuses this. They at least make things fun. Because you, you literally just do not ever know what to expect from that team. It's like I think if you search our Discord for the word Jizuke, every weekend you're going to see like Jizuke is fucking madman and Jizuke is fucking washed like five times. Yeah, you see those <laughs> phrases it's like Jizuke's dust. He's, he's such an inter, and then like eight hours later, it's like Jizuke's actually unstoppable. What I can't God. Get, get Jizuke some help, like. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite from the rest of the, those teams, Chris, or is the bottom of the table just kind of a crapshoot to you? I think I came in at the right time. Immortal was on my mind as being a team that I had low expectation on, but they, they don't look bad at yeah. all. In all their games, it was competitive, or um, we know that they're clearly not going to be the top teams, but it doesn't mean that they don't make the game interesting. Yeah, agreed. Um. Where were we? Oh, so Liquid minus two hundred four, Evil Genius is plus one fifty. This is the EG spot. Just don't, don't. Yeah, fall I think for I'm it. gonna go with EG. Just don't fall for it. Don't back Liquid here. <laughs> just don't. Just pass if you want to back Liquid. Just don't do it because this is the game that they shut out Team Liquid like nineteen to nothing with a perfect game, and they come back the next day and lose to. Oh, I mean they play TSM, so it wouldn't be that surprising. No, so EG will smash Liquid and then like win a close one against TSM. And then lose to Dignitas on Sunday. That's the EG special. It'll be the way it happens is what it always is with me for EG. Like, they'll stomp Liquid, 
and then come back on Saturday and get absolutely stomped yeah, by CFL, where they're like, like down like 15k gold. At 15 it feels like, like this team hell? is incapable of putting like more than two games back to back together. It's insane. Um, Hundred Thieves minus three twenty three against Dignitas plus two twenty five. I'm actually just gonna back the Thieves here. I think Dignitas is, is pure dumpster fire mode right now. And this is, I mean, this is like no disrespect to Acadian because I actually think he's fine, but like, there's clearly some issues going on with this team. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna bet it because I don't like betting minus three twenty three. Generally speaking, in best of one, but uh, I think Hundred Thieves is gonna win. Yeah. Any Dignitas backers here? All right, here, here's what's gonna happen in this game. If everyone's curious. What's going to happen is I'm going to play 400 Thieves in cash. Kevin's going to fade 100 Thieves and play, like, FlyQuest. And 100 Thieves is going to get perfect gamed again, and FlyQuest is going to win with 43 kills. Uh, so that's that's exactly what's going to happen on this day. Just, so Just getting it out there in advance. Uh, Ivan Russian Bear has a good bit of advice for you, Josh. He says, search the Discord for grats. See how many hits you get. I don't even want yeah, to know that. Yeah, that would be number. awful. I don't even want to know that number. Uh, Cloud9, minus 588. Golden Guardians, plus 370. There's no way I'm not on the Guardians again. It's Guardians I mean, kill spread. Give me, give me Guardians. Give Guardians, me Guardians kill spread and like a quarter unit on the money line. I think I agree on the Guardians. I hate to say it, but I think I agree. <laughs> yeah. But, guys, I shouldn't agree. I mean, C9 0-3'd, so they're like, there's no chance they're losing this game. It's like just no, no shot. Well, I should now, bet. Well, now that you mention, now that you mention it, John. <laughs> oh my god! Here's what's gonna happen here. They're gonna reverse EG because they're gonna do it on Friday. They're gonna lose this game and then smoke the next two. I can see that. What, what did you guys do for the Mad SK game? Because that's the same odd you have right there, right? Yeah, uh, SK and hold your nose. Same thing, yeah. Golden Guardians. Same thing, Guardians. It's just too big of a number. Um, Immortals and CLG, roughly even money. Immortals slight favorites at minus one sixteen to minus one. CLG, it's CLG all day. I'm against you. I'll take Immortals here. I think this is going to be that game at the end of the season where we talk about that later. You're going to feel stupid. Yeah, I think this is the game. For sure, where somebody's going to feel real stupid yeah, in like exactly. three weeks. I can't believe I was even considering betting on this side of this. I, I think the CLG side's the right side. I'm going CLG. All right. We'll clash on that one, then. I'm going to be on Immortals. I actually already bet that one, too. So, What what positional advantage do you give IMT? Just curious, like, in how you're evaluating. Um, mid lane, for sure. Uh, AD carry. Actually, the whole bot lane, I think I'd give to Immortals right now. Interesting. Yeah, it makes sense to be on IMT. <laughs> like, you're on three out of five. And then I also just think, like, they're just playing better right now. Like, I know CLG are coming off a 3-0 weekend, but, like, game to game, like, from what we've seen in summer as a whole, I think we've just seen better things from Immortals overall. But if CLG learned from last weekend and they didn't, and they don't just go back to what they were doing before, I have a lot of faith in them in, in their near future. See, that's a lot of faith. <laughs> Um, I could I could see the case for it. Like it's I don't I don't think I don't think that's wrong. I think I think you're gonna I think this is gonna elicit like a firm flag plant from either side. Like I I don't think there's gonna be a lot of people just like passing on this. You're gonna it's gonna feel like you're right no matter which side you're on. And then two weeks from now maybe we'll change our mind on that. TSM minus three twelve FlyQuest plus two twenty one. I am not buying FlyQuest. 
I know I've been like backing, just like hold your nose and back this dog, but not. I, I don't. No, I'm good. That's funny because this is like one of my favorite spots for that. Yeah, I mean, TSM. I kind of feel like I might be on quest. I feel like we're just differing on TSM. I, I have not been impressed with TSM this season Let at all. Let me see. I do think that they're not as good as the record that they put up. I'll say that. Uh, I also just think that they're 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 kind of doing the fly quest thing from last year, where they're just like, okay, we're just gonna be pretty pick pretty solid stuff, and you know maybe the enemy team throws to us, and that's happened a bunch of times. And I typically hate teams like that, but I also love teams that do that in the North American LCS because it's really really effective. So, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not betting TSM, the TSM side of this, but I, I'm maybe a little skeptical of FlyQuest. I'm trying to see what the kill spread on this one is. If it's like seven and a half or better, I think I'd take the FlyQuest kill spread probably. I'm going to take a peek, a quick peek. We've got... Uh, what game was this again? TSM FlyQuest, right? Kill spread is seven and a half or six and a half, depending. So it's probably right on mark. I might just pass this one. Saturday. Timestamp it. Want to do the first match uh, on Saturday? Go ahead, Josh. Run, let's run review the review. We forgot. What? What's that? Pre-Saturday. Our review. Podcast review. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I meant to do that. Um, let me pull. That told up the people. Quick. I told the people we'd get to it before Saturday. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, let me pull this up real fast. So we had a uh, review. Actually, I think we might have had. No, we had just the one. Uh, we had a review from Jacob Vikan. It was a one-star review. Um, said I was a long-time listener for a while until I realized only John and Gelati are sharp. Josh and the guy with the awful mic give bad advice. The audio is usually pretty bad, and they're all biased besides Gelati. One time they were, quote, discussing a Dig game and didn't even comment on it, just laughed because Dig was, quote, overperforming. They gave zero analysis, and Dig went on to win. Not really worth your time unless you're bored on a long road trip like I was when I listened. I hope they go over this on the pod, smiley face. Uh, okay, some some reasonable feedback there. Um Thanks for the review, Jacob Vikan. Um, Saturday. We've got... We'll do LCK first. Uh, Gen G, minus 357. Against Afrika, plus 247. Uh, we'll say Afrika to take a game is at minus 130. Afrika have been playing a lot better. Straight up. Um, <laughs> wow. So, Afrika have been playing a lot better, straight up. Uh, any disagreement there? Like, they're almost like the opposite team, right? It's kind of weird. Like, they were like the snowball and then find a way to lose team in spring, and now they're like the, okay, like, let's cool the Jets a little bit. Like, let's make sure we don't screw this up. It's like the coaching staff actually got to them, you know? Yeah, they've just looked, they've just looked better. Like, yeah. it, it, and it, it's not even that they've necessarily, like, sacrificed their early game. Like, their early yeah. game is still looks solid. It just feels like they put it all together and... I don't think they're in the conversation for winning the LCK for me, but they're, I mean, at some point maybe they are because damn one gaming's underperforming pretty hard. <laughs> T one's underperforming what I would expect from T one. But yeah, I mean, I, I, at some point, I guess, you know, maybe they, maybe they are in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, the last time Afrika freaks almost won a title, it was just by doing this. Like they fly quested it really, really hard. They were just like, okay. Yeah. We'll, 
we'll take this. Uh, Genji have looked good. Um, Genji kind of doing their weird take on what they think is good, and it just works for them. I think long term maybe not the best, but like right now, I I kind of just dig being confident. Like so much of the game right now is just like don't hesitate. You can't afford to hesitate in the current state of the game. You just got to you, you're you're just in all play, right? You might look stupid sometimes, but I, I think you're going to get paid off way more often. For, I mean, just in general, I, I I'm a fan of that, but I, I think Genji are likely to win this one. But this number feels pretty big to me. I think a freaky could take a game. Also, Genji, it's like at some point are going to start dropping a game here or there, right? Yeah, I mean they're they've they've looked like probably the best team in the LCK so far, but they, I, we'll we'll see some losses from yeah. them. And this seems like as reasonable a spot as any with a number this big. Mm-hmm. Any other any 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 Gen G backers here? Yeah, I would just I would just say this is a tough spot because it's one of those where like I think Gen G is going to be better, but it feels like right now um, that's a little bit heavy. Yeah, just a little bit tough. Here's a good one. We got a good one next. Fred Brion plus two hundred four against Nongshim Red Force minus two eighty six. We'll say Brion to take a games at minus one sixty one. For, all right, so let's get the, let's get the elephant out of the room right away. I, I don't know what it is about this team, but Daywon just like can't beat them. It's the funniest thing in the universe. Like, or I don't know if they just like play their best games against them or what. Like, I didn't think they played as well as they did last season. This morning, I think this morning was a lot more Daywon mistakes. But overall, Brion have been a lot better this season. They look pretty good. I, again, like. I think they're going to be, like, one of these middle-of-the-table teams. Like, I don't think they're going to win the split or anything like that, but they're good enough to make some noise. I have a hard time with this one. Nongshim, I think, for me, has the most, like, the biggest gulch between their results and their stats when I'm looking at their stats for the slates. Their 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 stats are placing them at, like, fifth or sixth, but they're three and one so far. Yeah. So I'm a little bit worried about them. Brion, I think, still, I think Brion might is under is overperforming yeah. for their stats as well. So this is a pretty tough matchup. I think I want to be on the Brion side. I feel like these teams are pretty close to each other. Yeah. I just think the number's a little too big. And 204 just seems a little large. Yeah. Like, this should be, honestly, like, half that, right? <laughs> this should be, like, minus 200 for Nongshim. Yeah, like, plus 150, minus 200, something yeah. like that seems, seems more right to me. Like, I... I think a lot of this you have to remember is consider the the preseason market value on Nongshim. They were very, very like highly praised. Like they were they were the fifth favorite to win the split. Uh I kind of think that was not unreasonable. I thought it was a little bit bullish, but um so far like Gory's made a big difference. Like it, t- it turns out it turns out I hate to keep smashing on Bay, but he really was just the worst player in the league last season. And like I remember, like going into the season, I was like, "If Gory is just okay, this is a huge upgrade," <laughs> and he's been a little bit better than that. Uh, him and Peanut work well together. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, we have the uh, so they're gonna play uh, this morning or Thursday morning. They play, so we're gonna get to see the Faker versus Gory, the Sensei versus the Student um, matchup there. That'll be interesting. But yeah, I think this number is just too big, right? Josh, we crazy. No, I'm with you. It's just 
again, I don't know. I just these lines are so heavy handed on one way or the other. Like there's yeah. a spot where I want to be on Nongshim, but I don't want to pay minus two eighty six. So I actually think the Brion plus one point five is probably the best bet here. That's pretty pretty nice. It's not sexy, but I think that's gonna get the job done a lot of the time. Saturday in the LPL, we got three game slate. We've got a oh, this is a good one actually. This is an awesome slate on Saturday. Actually, this is a pretty sweet Saturday slate in the East period. Because even Brion Nongshim is an interesting matchup, right? Should be a fun DFS slate. So we've got Rare Adam against Team WE. Uh, Rare Adam's plus 109. WE is minus 145. We'll say uh, WE to sweeps at plus 210. Um, WE just got smashed this morning, but I also think that when Fun Plus is in form, they're really, really good. So I don't. I think Rare Adam's good. They're not that good. <laughs> you know, like. I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this. This feels. Like, it might go into pick-of-the-week territory for me. Yeah. Like, the number's a little bit too large for me to want to do pick-of-the-week, but minus 145, I think, is 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 my my bet on WE. I think Rare Adams overperforming so far. I think WE's coming off a loss right here. People are going to have a little bit less faith in them for the DFS streets. I kind of like WE uh, in the DFS streets for that day as well, but I think I'm going to bet the WE minus 145. I think what's weird about this is, like, I don't even think Rare Adam are overperforming, but, like, I just think, Based on what we've seen so far, that WE have been better, and like this is a decent price on it, so I'm I'm probably going to be on WE here. Josh, rare Adam WE. Yeah, man, I think I just want a popcorn this game. It really so. This, this is like a slate I can already tell I'm going to be angry at because like I feel like you're going to have to play probably one of these two teams in your DFS lineups, but I don't really want to. Because uh, I like, I already know I'm going to pick the wrong side. Uh, so yeah, but I think I mean I think my lean is to just take the plus money, but I do think we are slightly better, so it seems kind of fair. You think this is the game to play on DFS for? I think it's the next game. Yeah, buddy, that's the one I'm kind of circling. Omg, what a what a wild world we've come to. OMG plus 109 against Billy Billy minus 145. Um, I gotta say it, man. This this cream kid on OMG is a dynamo. He's been yeah, he's tremendous. Like, man, oh man. Every game, every game, he's just insane. Straight difference maker. Yeah. Straight difference maker. It's crazy. What's crazy about this too is like. Billy Billy have been better too. Like they're they're playing pretty decently right now. So I don't I don't really know where to be on this one. It's tough, right? Because like I think Zika's been in, this is a great meta game for Zika, and he's been in good form too. So like, uh, I mean, we're weirdly going to get like an awesome mid lane matchup with the way these two are playing right now. I still I think I'm going to end up on the Billy Billy side. I, so. I am too. I think, but. Uh... But I am very impressed by Cream so far, and I'm very interested to see where he goes. Also, thank you, Josh. Since my background wouldn't work, you got my background up for me. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> god! Oh, that's um, that's an awesome. All right, I put it together because it's backwards for us. But right, I figured it out. It took me a second. Um, whew. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'm gonna be on Billy Billy, but I, I'm suddenly way more skeptical about it because. Kid's just playing out of his mind right now. Um, and Cold and Abel have been very good too. I want to give them props as well. So, um, 
next one, another banger. Saturday slate can be awesome Saturday morning. This is good. Yeah, unfortunately, this might actually be the real DFS game here. Yeah, RNG plus 118 against Fun plus Phoenix minus 156. So, a couple things here. Yes, it is. It's fixed, Josh. couple things here. Clearly, RNG, little rust, ran into LNG. Uh, we all know RNG are better than this, so you can't just look at the numbers for this. Like... They're the, they're the biggest gap the other direction when it comes yeah. to performance versus statistics. Their statistics are actually pretty good, considering that they haven't you know won a series yet. Agreed. But uh, I don't think it's unreasonable to bet. Like, I already bet Fun Plus here. I just think they look better right now. And I know that's, like, super simplified, like, over-generic analysis here. But I think when Fun Plus is in – I actually think when Fun Plus is in form, they're the best team in the LPL. Whether they're in form or not is the question. I think right now they look pretty good. Uh, Nogari got a couple bad series out of the way. Um, it's insane to me, like, j- just how good those two are. Like, every single game, it feels like. Nogari, that's, like, the first two bad series he's had in, like, a year and a half. It's insane, right? A convincing win over WE was real nice for them. Yeah, they, that like, was, they smashed. Yeah, that was not that was, close. Yeah, it was a very convincing win. Um I will say in game two, WE definitely looked a little tilted. We, we sh- probably should have talked about that a little bit, but we'll save it for another time because we've gone pretty long on this one. But just I, I have some questions, and maybe uh, maybe you've noticed this because I know this is a team you follow pretty closely, John. But, like, I don't want to call them soft, but don't they feel that way a little bit sometimes? Like, if they have a rough game one, they, they just don't look – even if they win, like, if it's just not right, they, they don't look right for the whole series. Yeah, that does feel kind of accurate. Like, and and they've really been very two faced for me so far yeah, this year. Yeah, they've, they've been very very two faced. We've seen some series from them where they looked really really impressive, and then other ones where they haven't. So we'll have to see where they where they balance out at the end of the end of the year. Yeah, um, RNG Fun Plus. I'm taking Fun Plus. I'm thinking the sweep here are more interesting for me than minus one point five either way. Um, I like the odds for that, and I think that if you if what we saw from Fun Plus is that they're coming together, they can easily um, go two zero against RNG. I I do want to see more games of RNG. I feel like it's the first game of this of their split, and they don't look as together. Losing to OMG is a huge embarrassment. It's huge, but um, that's the thing, though. Like, I don't know. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, we we. That's been like this LC, LPL season in a nutshell, right? Oh, man, they lost to LNG. What an embarrassment. Doesn't look that stupid anymore, right? Like, oh, man, teams lost to OMG. With this kid playing out of his mind, like, maybe that's not that stupid easy either, right? Maybe by the end of the season we look back and be like, okay, like, that was just the fluky first two weeks or whatever. But I think you have to kind of evaluate things in context. If a team's playing well, like, I'm not going to fault anyone for losing to LNG with the way they're playing right now, Right? By the end of the season, I would think that's going to be the case. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But right now, no, I'm not going to fault a team for losing to them. Uh, so it's kind of weird. And RNG, that's that's all we've seen from them. You know, so, like, it's it's kind of hard to get a grasp on, like, where they are. I think they look a little uncomfortable. And I don't know if that's just that they didn't get a lot of work on these patches or what. But they, I think I think Cryon's looked a little off to me. I think the rest of the team looks fine, but like they, they just, I don't know. Something's not right. I can't put a finger on what it is. I think I'm going to end up betting the fun plus and fun plus minus one and a half. 
I kind of feel like even if RNG was at their like peak form from last split, we generally would have considered Fun Plus the favorite over them anyway. And they don't really look peak form right now. Yeah. So I, I feel like Fun Plus minus 156 and the, the minus one and a half at plus 198 both feel yeah. reasonable to me. Yeah, that's where I'm at as well. Saturday, LEC, we've got SK Gaming. One, oh, God. Just one thing quick for those that are listening live. Um, if you do want to bet on the RNG side of this, bet it before this morning's game. In my yeah. opinion, I think Agreed. odds will move in accordance. If they two overall warriors, which I think many people probably expect, in dominant fashion, um, their number will most likely get a little bit worse. Um, if they happen on to the contrary, a game. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the contrary, if you're planning on betting Fun Plus, uh, which I think most of us, that's the side we're on, probably going to want to wait and see if there's line movement there. Maybe get a little bit in now, but but save some of the exposure you want. Um, just to see if there is some some good live movement there, because I could definitely see that happening if they come out and just run over Rogue Warriors, you know, twenty two to six in a couple games or something like that. They could just people would come in and be like, hey, they're back, type deal. Um, but I think RNG just they're gonna have a tough sled here at the beginning of their schedule here. I think the spot where I want them, we'll talk about next week's show. But there's a spot where I'm gonna be really heavy on them on a bounce back next week. But they got a couple couple few few rough games here. Yeah, I think. This is a classic case of like, don't be discouraged. But like, this team's gonna be fine. They're too they're they're too talented to not be one of the best teams in the league, and they're smart. They're just kind of in a funk right now. Like, and it's also you got to remember they're coming off MSI. We've only seen two series from them, right? Three series. We've only seen two series from them, I think. So yeah, like, they're o two so far. Like we don't, and they've played against two teams that are hot right now. So don't don't overthink it. Basically, um, SK Gaming plus one thirty seven. XL minus one eighty five. It's pretty hard not to take anyone as an as an underdog to XL, but I think I'm going to pass this one. How weird is that? <laughs> right. I'm excited for SK to beat Matt and then lose to XL the next day. That's oh, great. My God, I'll give props to XL for at least sort of getting their shit together. It was not looking good after the first week. I'll say that. Um. Shalka plus one twenty two, Misfits minus one sixty-four. This seems like a spot for Misfit to fail. They're the favorite. But don't wanna don't wanna take a chance on this. Uh, also, one. yeah, just quick DFS note. I'm probably not excited for this game at all. Shalka has not been good in general for DFS. Any Shalka games. I'm going to be on Misfits. I think I'm going to pass this, but I agree with Prime that this is probably not a DFS target game. Yeah. You think people are probably going to want to target this because Misfits are hot? Their ownership will be hot. I mean, to be fair, it's the LEC. The only reason why they might get some target here is that G2 is playing against Fnatic. Oh, yeah. And this <laughs> is, the, LE- this is the LEC, and like honestly, the G2 Fnatic Yo, strategy has just been... We kicked it old school. <laughs> we yeah, kicked it old school last week. <laughs> And it's been, I mean, with the way Fnatic plays, like, being involved in Fnatic's matchup is pretty much, like, a must, regardless of whether you're on the Fnatic side or their mm-hmm. opponents. You kind of, like, have to be involved in their game. And then G2's pretty similar. So sometimes it can be, like, really hard to, like, find another team in another game. But since G2 and Fnatic are playing each other, that opens you up to go play some other matchups. You got a couple, I mean... you now that I'm looking at this slate, maybe their ownership won't be that high because you got Mad as like moderate favorites and Rogue as heavy favorites here. I don't know. That's interesting. 
People play a lot of like Fnatic Misfits, maybe. I could see Vitality and Mad being pretty highly owned yeah. on this slate. Those are two other, or like Mad is another team that's kind of like Fnatic, where just playing either just side of their involved. matchups yeah. is usually pretty good. Interesting. Rogue minus four fifty five. Astralis plus three hundred four. Just Astralis kill spread. Close your nose. Probably just fading this one. Yeah, agree. I think they're playing well enough that like just it. They're they're competent. Any competent dog, you just you just take or fade. Don't just don't don't take Rogue here. That's me saying that, by the way. So just let that be known. <laughs> Um, Vitality plus one fifty seven. Mad Lions minus two thirteen. Kind of intriguing. Two very volatile lineups. This feels cheap for Mad though, doesn't it? I, I just Mad Lions kind of have the EG treatment though, right? Where it's like this feels so cheap, but like I don't want to back them as a favorite this big. Yeah, I almost I almost want to go to the Vitality side here. Actually, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the Vitality side on this one. I haven't been as impressed with Mad since we got back into the regular season here. I think Vitality has a lot of room for growth. Yeah. Like, I, I always talk about that, like, who has room for growth and room to fall back. And I think Vitality is a team that is not playing anywhere close to the potential of the players that are on their team yet, Agreed. which just means that they have room for that to happen. It can really only go up, right? Yeah, it feels like they can really only go up. So, plus 157 against Mad feels like a pretty good deal. Or, I won't be surprised if they just get stomped in this game, but I think I'm going to end up betting it. they could self-destruct. <laughs> but we won't know that until later, so... um. It's so weird because Mad, that first match against G2, Mad and G2 both looked so good in that game. And I was like, okay, they're not even going to have a hangover. Holy shit, this league's going to be awesome. And then it kicked in afterwards, I guess. I don't know. But I don't even want to say that. They just look a little not sharp at the moment. But this team get Mad are streaky, too. Like, they just get like this. They were like this in spring, too, where they just had a couple weeks at a time where they'd be like, eh. And they just turned it on, I guess. I don't know. This You might be right. This might be Vitality Spot. G2, minus 192. Fnatic, plus 143. Josh, actually, you didn't have any comment on the Vitality there? Yeah, I mean, they're... Yeah. Sad you have to bet them, and it's just sad. I don't know. I, I will say, like, uh, this... Um, now that we, you guys were talking about it, I think that this region has more in common with the LCS than we like to lead on. Yep. And this is a situation where... I think if you actually think about this league in terms of expectations versus what we've seen, it's a similar situation where we said C9, TL, and TSM are all kind of looking meh. I think you could say the same thing about Mad, G2, and Rogue. And like, even though Fnatic had the like O2 week early on, I think they've actually probably looked like the best team in aggregate, uh, more like the 100 Thieves type. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I will say, like, you know, maybe you could say make an argument that they've fallen down a little bit of a tier and you want the dogs here. But, I, you know, Vitality just had this horrible, horrible, horrible trend so far, the split of if they get the slightest bit behind in the early game, next thing you know, they're down 8K at, at 12 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely scary against a team with the chops that Matt has. Quick quick little note for you guys. Um, favorites in the LEC this split are 17 and 8 straight up. Only 6 and 19 against the kill spread. Average kill spread of 5.42 kills. So, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I could break that down to, like, how big the kill spread was, too. But 6-19 and 19 is awful. 
This means a lot of close games, a lot of lower scoring games make sense. If the spreads were still high inflated from spring, uh, spring season and the totals came down, makes a lot of sense that that adjustment hasn't happened yet. So keep that in mind. G2 Fanatic, let's go. I don't think I'm going to bet this. I think G2 is a favorite, but they are they have not looked fantastic. Minus 200 feels maybe a little heavy with Fnatic having... Fnatic definitely had some very high upside play this split so far. Yeah. I, so I think maybe I'm just going to let this one pass and just yeah. enjoy myself. This feels like a fair price to me. Cannot set the kill spread high enough mm-hmm. to not bet the over. Yeah, look at the over-under on this game. I would the bet, over it, I would be bet over 29.5. I, I wouldn't even care. Twenty nine and a half is probably what it's at. Twenty nine and a half, twenty eight and a half. I See, would bet over. Usually, I'm going to tell you how this goes because usually this is the spot where I like to go against it because the total gets to such an astronomically high number that I'm like, oh no, I gotta yeah. have some of the buyback, and then they just get like eighty kills in the game. So let me take a look at this real quick and, and let you know sure. that if I'm going to bet the under, then you just slam the over on this because I never get it right. So. The thing is with G2, what we've seen from them so far this split, honestly, is that in their close games, in the in the games in which they've been against, you know, like the rogue games, a prime example, right? 30 and a half. <laughs> oh, I was hoping it wouldn't touch the 30s. That's scary, but I'll probably just bet the over for shiggles. Uh, 30 is, and a half is a massive number. Or, or 29, though, yeah. it's it's it's... If you want closest to even money, it's over 30 and a half, under 29 and a half, minus 107, minus 106. Yeah, so you got to pay juice on the over. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's scary. The scary levels are big. That's a fat number, dude. I mean, look, like, just just bet the over. And just get in on it. Over uh, 30 and a half. Yeah, just, who doesn't love betting overs anyway? Right? Yeah, it's like an NFL <laughs> game. You know, like the crappy NFL game, you just bet the over and cheer for scoring. What's that's the line on over 30 and a half? What did you say it was? Over 30 and a half, minus 107. Ah, here we go. All right, I like it. I like it's it. It's pick like it. week. We're in. I'm a fan. All right. Uh, next up. Oh, LCS Saturday. I'm going to start blazing through these because we've talked a lot. Um, Liquid Mice 263, CLG plus 189. CLG. It's a big number. They look like they turn it around. I'm just skeptical. I'm skeptical, but... T- TL has done nothing to earn this. I, I agree. I agree. So this is either this is another one where it's just like I have, to, I have to I have to see if I can get confident enough in CLG to actually just back them or just pass. That's where I'm at on this one. I'm definitely going to be on the kill spread though because Liquid usually don't stomp and wins. They're terrible against kill spreads. So if you can get like seven and a half on this, even six and a half, I think is is live on this one. So FlyQuest minus one hundred nine, Dignitas minus one twenty two. God, this is a, another oh, one of those ones we're going to be mad about in a few weeks, I think, regardless of where you go. I kind of want to be on the FlyQuest side, I think, too. So. Oh, my God, that's painful. Can we just pour one out for Dignitas? Because they were like a full domestic roster. They looked like they had figured some things out. I was optimistic, and man, oh, man, that's just self-destructed. It happened so quick, too, because like you said, in spring, they look like they're coming together. It's like a five-head team. They that were pretty good. More- like we we thought at first they were just running hot and overrated, but like I think it turns out that they were just they they were pretty good. They weren't going to win the split or anything, but like they were fine. Like I think at some point, like they actually were just good. It wasn't it wasn't straight up overperforming anymore. And I'm still trying to figure out what happened with Soligo. I haven't heard anything. I can't find anything about that. And it's still weird that he's still playing academy. I wonder if this was like a can put up with Ardok situation. I don't really know. 
there's a lot of stuff going on here. I think I'm going to be on FlyQuest. That might be the only time I back FlyQuest all season. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of FlyQuest right now, but, but I kind of feel like this is a decent spot for it. So is Dignitas going to do the, the, the counter dumpster fire? Like we yeah, thought they, CL, we thought CLG was going to be, and then they went 3-0. Is Dignitas going to go 3-0 this weekend? <laughs> Dignitas is, looks really bad, especially without – they look completely dust without Darduk, but uh, FlyQuest looks completely dust with their entire lineup healthy. So. Yep. That's where I, that's all I'm going to say on maybe, that. And you I know what? Maybe I'm going to do myself a favor and just stay away from this one. Yeah. I do think it's FlyQuest, though. Oh, god damn. I'm just going to bet FlyQuest here. Fuck it. Cloud9, minus 104. 100 Thieves, minus 127. Uh, Zven coming back. I, it, so, is this going to be... It sucks because you don't get a good barometer because they're both facing shit teams on Friday. So, like, we're not even going to get a good test. I'm trying to think of who a good comparison for this 100 Thieves team is. I almost feel like, even though they don't play the same way, I almost feel like this 100 Thieves team is comparable to me to the IG teams that won the LPL in that I think they're the best team in the league, but I also think that they can lose to anybody. Yeah. Uh, I think they have some drafting things sometimes. I think they're, they're not always, they don't always look entirely there. And so I think I'm not really a fan of, of playing either of these teams in this spot. I think I kind of might just fade fade off of this one. I'm wondering what the model makes this one, just out of curiosity. Yeah, it seems like a pop one game for me. Very excited to see like a full C9 roster with Sven back, how they respond. I do... I'm almost hesitant to say that that makes the bot lane more even, or maybe it's still 100 Thieves' favorite. Probably a bit more even. It's, makes it like sixty forty, which is a little pricier than this. But I will say C9's issue is not Sven. It, they have other issues that they mm-hmm. need to fix. Uh, bringing him back may just soften some of the blow, but Perks is all over the place. Just looking at his stats, he's, I don't know what it is. Is he trying something out? Is he just playing super loose? That's not the Sven, I mean the Perks that I know. I almost think you just bet 100 Thieves, and if Perks just has a Perks game, then so be it. Like just, Abadage versus Perks is a matchup, too. Yeah, like... Abadage is going to have some fire in his eyes for that one, like, I'm confident. I just think, like, they're, they just look really good right now, period. And Cloud9 don't. And sometimes... I, so I don't like to be like, oh, this is simpleton analysis, but sometimes it is that simple. Like... Like I'm just I'll, I'll just take hundred thieves and if if C9 look better this weekend then lesson learned right because you're gonna feel if if Cloud9 managed to like lose to Golden Guardians the day before this is gonna go up to like two hundred and you're gonna feel like an idiot like this is this is cheap for a team that's been kind of dominating so I'll take I'll take yeah, I think I think hundred thieves is reasonable yeah I'll take hundred thieves here this is the C9 bounce back spot boys yeah sorry to tell you. In my opinion, this is the C nine. This is the C nine bounce back spot. That's here, what I'm worried about. Yeah, where where they just you, you finally see them get right. Where they, you know, they've been struggling. Things are going on. I, I think they finally take a step back and they're like, hey, you know, we can't be playing like this. I think that's what this move back to Zven signifies to me. Um, first things first, and second off, I just think that uh, again, I you know, I, I've said a lot. I thought, I mean, who he played really good last weekend, but. Let's not forget that they got perfect game by CLG last week. Yeah, and and it, like you know, like John said, this team can lose anyone. They have their flaws. They looked monstrous. They look, definitely look like the best team in the LCS. 
But I still think, to me, on paper, the C9 roster is a lot more talented. And I'm just going to bet on that. That's interesting. I, I mean, yeah, you could you could squabble with that, but I think it's I – I, I, I personally have them better at support mid-jungle. I think there's and a case for it. It's pretty close. Yeah. But, yeah, I think either side of this – and this is probably going to be a game you want to be on in DFS – this could easily be a game to – I don't think this is a game where you should feel like an idiot for being on either side because I think if we were to play this game out 100 times, it would probably end up like 52 to 48 or yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Okay. Um, oh, my God. I lost where we were at. Uh, EG, plus 140, TSM, minus 189. God fucking damn evil geniuses. They're so conniving. <laughs> This weekend literally sets up perfect, doesn't it? It really it does. does. It really like, does. They're really going to like rattle off a 2-0 against two of the best teams in the league, and they're just going to get smashed by Dignitas on Sunday night. That's EG signature. Yeah, I think I like EG in this spot, though. I do. I think yeah. I want to bet them again. Yeah, I think so, too. God damn it. fucking team they're a piece again of work. it comes down to the mid it comes down to the mid they're a piece of work this team they're, they're just a piece of work right like it feels like ig a little bit and that like there's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes you just gotta <laughs> um golden guardians plus 149 against immortals minus 200 i'm gonna go out on a limb and back a favorite yeah i think i'm on immortals here i'm a fan of that they're yeah i think they're just Good. Maybe not great, but they're good. Golden Guardians are not. You can be improved and still suck. That's where I'm at. Uh, anybody else on this one? Alright, cool. I like the Immortal side, like I said. Sun- I think it's a good bet. Sunday, Sunday. I'm gonna try to Gentlemen, I have Sunday. to uh, I have to take a run before we do Sunday. I apologize All to right, you, my go friends. For it. Go for it. You guys have a good rest of it. Let the people know what's going on. All right. Read my pick of the week with pride. Will do. Take it easy, John. Uh, let's blaze through these because we're an hour and 40 in here. Sunday, we got DRX plus 375 against T1 minus 625. T1 to sweep set minus 149. I think we get T1, I think, against somebody like this tomorrow, too. Sandbox, I think. They play Sandbox, and Sandbox, I think, is just a way better team right now than DRX is, and it's a similar price. I actually, I, I think T1 sweeps this. Like, if you get blown out by a substitution and you're afraid of that, don't bet it. Just wait until, like, half hour before game time look for the rosters. This isn't, like, for DFS purposes, it sucks because they're almost always, like, this is one of the few times where they're actually the early game. They've been the late game a lot of the time, so you, you just kind of boned, you have to guess. But for anybody that's, like, betting this stuff, just wait and see, like, the thing is, though, like, even if they bring a sub in, I really do think T1 just obliterate this team. That's what I was about to say. Like, this iteration of DRX is far worse than what they've shown in spring. And I, I don't, I think even with the subs, T1's still going to win this handily. I think DRX, we talked about it earlier, they just haven't changed. Like, the game's different now. You can't play mm-hmm. like you were playing in spring right now, period. Yeah. And that's all it is. And I think T1 are good enough to punish that. Uh, this one's interesting, though. KT Rolster minus 161 against Sandbox plus 122. Two teams that are looking a lot better. I think these teams are evenly matched and just take the underdog. 
That's exactly where I am at. They are very much even. Uh, KT started the split hot, uh, and then we kind of saw more or less what KT looks like. And Sandbox just looks like they're coming into form. It should be an even match, so I took Sandbox as my pick of the week. Nice. Josh, you got a a hard lean on your side of this, or you think it's similar, like pretty evenly matched? No, yeah. uh, I think think it's completely fine to be on either side here. Uh, Again, frustrating that with the best of threes, they kind of juice up the odds on these sides, because like you said, I think these teams are much closer to even. Um, So I think being on the underdog is fine, but I wouldn't be surprised also if KT. Yeah, I, th- I think that, like if KT were the dog, I'd be on KT. Like it, to me, it's it actually is kind of close to a coin flip. So, um, really good top lane matchup in this one too. Should be fun. Um, Sunday in the LPL, we got Sooning against LGD. Sooning minus three thirty three. LGD plus two thirty. LGD got a tough schedule this weekend. They got they get uh, top esports on Friday and Sooning on Sunday. Oof, it's rough. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, this LGD team looks tenacious. They're not the, uh, uh, you know, what do they call those? The they're not carpets. rolling over and dying. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Um, the addition of Shadow, hey, it's working out. He's very, been good. very nice. I'll He's give him props. Good. He's been pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, with that said, I think Suiting is still a top team, and they play really well. Yeah. Uh, solid, very solid. Uh, they play against. I, th- I forget who they play tomorrow. Um, somebody decent. I wrote about it already, but I don't remember now. Is it top? No. Let me see. I... Oh, aren't no, not RNG. No, they Sooning play uh, EDG. They play EDG. EDG. Yeah. I backed them as underdogs tomorrow. Sooning Sooning have quietly been getting better and better as the split goes on. And I kind of thought maybe the metagame would be a problem for them, but it doesn't seem to be. It seems like where it hit SOFM, the other like it helps Bin and Angel, so Maybe they kind of counterbalance that out a little bit. And uh, Juan Fang and Ong have been really, really good. So I, I actually think Sooning Money Mine is good here. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll have my mind changed if LGD can can put a good showing up against top esports. Invictus plus 143, LNG minus 200. Oof. Invictus are trying the friendship. They're trying to bring the friendship back. They brought Puff and Bowland back for the last match. They were not particularly great, but they were way better than the bot lane was doing before. Weird. Like this feels like you have to bet Invictus, right? How often do you get Invictus as a plus on? I don't know. But it's so hard to trust them too. Yeah. We did get an update on the shy, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yes. Uh-huh. Did we mention it? Basically, uh, he's coming back. He, yeah, he basically took time. It was like personal time and then had a visa issue come up and mm. hasn't been able to get back with the team or whatever, which seems to happen way too often with him specifically. I wonder if there's something to that. But um, he does plan on coming back. I don't know when. We don't have a timeline for that yet. So, uh, LNG look really, really good, but they... Uh, just give me Invictus. This feels wrong, doesn't it? I know LNG look really, really good. They're running hot, but like... This is tough, right, Josh? Yeah. I think I'm just going to play the hot hand and go with LNG here, but... You know, me and Invictus. <laughs> just said no. 
<laughs> Solid response. Um, JDG plus 169 against EDG plus or minus 233. JDG are... We said it last week, and they're still doing it. All right, so, all right, I'll say this. Zoom showed us that he can play Gwen. That matters. I was really skeptical for a while, and he showed us that he can play it, and it's like, okay, thank God, because I was getting a little worried. Uh, I think it's just JDG. I'm betting against EDG twice this weekend. That seems wrong. I, I'm on EDG on both those spots myself. Yeah. But. Wow. Yeah. Is EDG the best team in LPL right now? Right now. Next yeah. to Final Fun Plus. Right now they are, but... Um, it's so interesting. Because I, I thought this team would be the one that fall off in the summer, but they, they just keep... They've made good adjustments. That's... <laughs> I So I like Sooning against EDG better because I think Sooning, EDG, and RNG play similar styles. And I think that, like, they won't be able to get one over on teams by doing that when they're playing against each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams that will just make a... They'll just make a colossal error in the mid-game, and they were, they they are very, very good at punishing those, and that's what's gotten them as far as they have. It's not the only thing. Clearly, they're better at a lot of things, but, like, that's, like, their calling card, right? And that's... All three of them do that. So I think... I'm less I'm less bullish on backing underdogs against like like I don't like JDG as much against EDG as I like Sooning. I'm also getting a better number on Sooning, so maybe this is just the pass. I don't know. It feels like you should be betting JDG at this big a number, but maybe it's just a pass. Sunday LCS Dignitas plus one oh three, EG minus one thirty seven. Why in the fuck is this so low? <laughs> Am I so crazy? I lo- it, it's it's, this it's the bait. I lose another pick of the week. Yeah, it's, it's the bait. I just listen. I'm resigned to the fact that I'm kind of cursed right now. But <laughs> if, if if this isn't like honestly, if you look at this slate and tell me that EG minus one thirty seven against without Darduck is not your pick of the week, I'm questioning a lot of things about. Are you saying that this is the closest game? This is not the closest game on the slate. Yeah, I, I, there's just no way. Like, EG should be minus 170, 180 at the very least. EG should but be minus 250. Straight look, up. I'm, I'm, it's, yeah. It's I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up right now just to see like how this projects real fast because like I think they're gonna be like minus 250. Obviously, it's EG, so you know we know there's volatility cooked. Yeah, minus minus 287 is like what I come up with, but it's EG, so like. Meet halfway in the middle, and it's still a value at this number? Get out of here. I, this is It's going to be so frustrating when they lose this, but just take Evil Genius. This, this, this number is too good. This number is too good. It's egregious. Um, Immortals, plus 186. 100 Thieves, minus 256. I look... This is a decent underdog shot to take. I, I know Hundred Thieves look really, really good, but so do Immortals. I'm not saying Immortals is better, but I think this number is a little, little, little big. This is like what, yeah. like seventy, seventy thirty implied, something like that. Seems a little heavy to me. Yeah, for a best of one, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, TSM Liquid, uh, Liquid slight favorites minus one eighteen. This one's interesting. 
because I think there's questions for both teams. Like, they've done some things well, but I think there's enough questions and doubts on both sides that I kind of don't really know where I want to be on this one. Um, hmm. Yeah, this is tough. Jenkins is still in, right? This was supposed to be the weekend, I think that, what was it, next weekend, that Alfari was supposedly come back. Um, yeah, we haven't heard anything official on that mm-hmm. yet, so. It's still tough. Hmm. I don't fault you for picking either side, honestly. I think TSM is solid enough to beat them. Um, but just macro play. Um, as long as they play through top, maybe that's where the TSM advantage is. Uni hasn't been as terrible as his old self. Maybe he's looking like, looking like his older self. <laughs> he's been pretty good this season. Yeah. Um, this is hard. I'm probably just going to wait and see on this one. I haven't really put enough thought into this type of strong. Like, I'm probably going to think about this more and be like, oh, this was obvious and back one side. I just don't, off the top of my head, I don't know. FlyQuest minus 143 against Golden Guardians plus 108. Good God. You're betting on FlyQuest twice this weekend, huh? <sighs> Dude. Dude. Am I really going to back the Golden Guardians here? Really? I mean, you don't have to. Uh, I'm staying away from this one. Only bad things can happen. Yeah. Only bad things can happen. That's my motto for LCS and RNG. (laughs) I actually think that's probably a fair price, right? Yeah, and I'm not paying. I, I look. I, I am all for fading Golden Guardians. I, I don't know if I want FlyQuest being the one in charge of that. So I'll, I'll just, I'll sit that one out. CLG plus one fifty six against Cloud Nine minus two thirteen. Feels kind of cheap for Cloud Nine if you believe in the bounce back, doesn't it? Yes. Cloud Nine smash spot. I think so. I think I'm I'm on Cloud Nine kill spreads here, probably. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I think uh, I, I believe in the regression. Maybe not to the extreme extent, but like I believe that. I mean, they've been playing pretty poorly, and I, I don't. I I say pretty poorly, and they've still been like fine. They've just lost. Right. So mm-hmm. like, if they can get back to like their average, which is smashing almost everybody, then I I am not entirely buying the CLG thing and like Loco said earlier like I think doing the kind of things that they do seems good right now but I don't think it's sustainable like and once teams figure out that that's all they're gonna do they're gonna have plans for it C9 especially they're usually pretty good at that kind of thing so probably have to pick your mind on the draft because it's it's it, to me it felt like smoke and mirrors right um, with the yeah. buy and Galio pick and once they ban out Galio thought that was it but they they kind of. Uh, Made it work. I look lucky. I thought we were going to see some vibe mid. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pick of the week. Uh, John's pick of the week was G2 Fnatic over 30.5 kills at minus 107. We talked a lot about that one already. Uh, you guys want to take yours, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll for listener pick of the week real quick. Yeah, I'm off to a real cold start to the summer, so hopefully we can get back on the right track this week. I just think EG minus 137 versus Dignitas in the in the state that Dignitas is currently in is just simply too low. Um, could be could be incorrect there, but I, it feels like the right side to be on. So 
I'm going to go ahead and lock that one in for this week. All right. Yeah, for me, it's um, really a value pick um, because we we already talked about it, right? KT Rolster and Life Sandbox are closer to even where you just pick the plus money wherever side it landed on. And so I believe in the Sandbox team. Right? They're not as bad as how they started the season. And so this is a good spot to take plus money on. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with top esports, minus one and a half maps against LGD at minus 108. Uh, kind of talked about this one earlier. This is this is maybe the most gut handicap that I've had in a long time for a pick of the week. Uh, it's not usually my style. I think you have. There's a lot of options this week. Like I think the EG versus Dignitas. I think is like the most egregious line on the board, probably. But we we talked over a lot of interesting opportunities in this in this week. So um, feel free to go back and listen. Um, the listener pick of the week is going to be compliments of Esports Moose, and he has Immortals minus 190 against Golden Guardians, which I am in lockstep with. I'm going to be taking that line to Poundtown. That's going to be it for us this week. Um, make sure to go give Loco Doco a follow if you guys haven't done that already. Uh, he's an interesting character, and hopefully we can have him back on the show. It was good having some uh, some insight from behind the scenes and a real league celebrity on the podcast. That was kind of cool spur of the moment, right? That was neat. So uh, hopefully we can make that happen again. That was pretty cool. It was cool talking to him. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you all next time. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.